Good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. I'm excited to be with you on tonight to give you another message that God has placed in my heart. We've been talking about, um, last week I started a series on That's Not in the Bible. And this is part two of that. We're going to deal with another saying that people say you may maybe you say all the time but really is it doctrinal is this scripture you know based on what you're saying so we want to deal with that on tonight and so tonight we're going to deal with with this saying and maybe you've heard it and i used to say it and some people still may say it and it sounds correct but it says here that it says okay god will never give you more than you can bear. Okay, God will give you, God will never give you more than you can bear. And so I, I came up with that and they said, well, God will never give you more than you can bear. Because they said, if it's on you, then you can bear it. And, and we're going to go to the scripture that people use to justify this saying. But is that really true? Does the Bible really say that God will never give us more than we can bear? Now, this the premise of this particular saying suggests that a God who loves us, who would never push us past the breaking point. Okay, so therefore you're saying, well, God would never allow me to go past the breaking point because he, he's not going to put no more than me can bear. Now, in order to embrace this saying, um, you have to uh also believe in this uh the definition that we hear about sovereignty this false document the definition of sovereignty because most of us when we hear the word god is sovereign we say that more well, god is in control he's sovereign we mean he's control he controls everything so therefore in order to embrace this saying that God would never put no more we can bear, we have to embrace that particular definition of sovereign. Okay. Now, if you look at the, the definition of sovereign, look it up in a dictionary. I looked it up in a dictionary, in the Webster Dictionary. Let's first look at the definition of sovereign. It says sovereign means, means supreme. It means independent. It means superior. Okay. So when we look at that definition, okay, God is sovereign. I mean, he is supreme. He is the supreme being. He's um, outside of everything he's created. He's independent. Okay. He's independent of man. Nobody control him. He is superior. He is the superior being. He is sovereign in that. Now, if you look at the definition, from way Webster said that is God. God is sovereign, but sovereign does not mean that God is in control of everything. Now He is in control, but He's not in control of everything. Now let me go. Let's. So He said, "Well, how do you? How can you say that? Because God, He's all powerful. He's all knowing. Yeah, we, we, those are the attributes of God. Okay, and therefore those are He is all powerful. He is He is all knowing." He knows everything, but just because he has those attributes doesn't mean that he controls 
every aspect of our human lives. Now, let me give you scripture for that. Okay, God, you say, well, God does control everything. Let's go to Genesis chapter one, um, verses 26. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. And it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So look at that word dominion. He says he gave man. What did he give dominion? So if you're saying that God is in control of everything, okay, well, then you have to take this scripture out because it says particularly here, he says, he says, let me read again, 20, verse 26, chapter 1 of Genesis. Says, then God said, let us make man our image, um, in our image according to our likeness. Now, look at this. It says, let them have dominion over. Okay, listen to that. Let them have dominion over. Dominion means I give you reign. I give you authority. God gave authority to man over the earth realm. So what did he give him authority over? He gave him over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle. And this is over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God gave his authority to man in the earth realm. Okay. Remember the scripture also, another scripture, which I don't know. It says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So guess what? That means you have authority. He gave, when God gave man authority, he limited himself in the earth. So therefore, God does not control everything. You know, he's in control, but he does not control everything. Because why? If God controlled everything, then there would be no free will. We wouldn't have the ability to choose. Okay, let me give you another scripture here. Let's go to... um. Just want to kind of lay a foundation here about because if you believe this same God would never give you more than you can bear, then you have to embrace this false doctrine of sovereignty that God is in control of everything. And so, therefore, let's go to Second um, Peter. Let's go to Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. Second Peter, chapter three. Verse nine. I got a lot of scripture tonight, so I'm trying to the one to keep you too long. And says, let's look at this scripture. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, as some people think. Okay. No, he is being patient. For your sake, he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. So we see in this scripture that God wants, it is his will that everybody, everybody that's come upon the earth be saved. Now, I'm pretty sure most of us will agree with me that, that God wants everybody saved. It is his will that everybody go to heaven. But ask yourself the question. Is everybody going to be saved? And the answer is no. Why? Because everybody won't receive the payment for this sin, which is Jesus Christ. Okay. 
So therefore, we have once again we have free will. So if if it's God's will that everybody be saved, why isn't God's will coming to pass? Remember, you just if you believe it that God is sovereign and He controls everything, okay, then why isn't everybody being saved? Because we just read here, it's God's will that everybody repent. Okay, everybody repent. Everybody come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Okay, nobody be destroyed. Okay, that is God's will. Well, why isn't God's will coming to pass if he's in control of everything? If God's will for your life, that he controls everything in your life, okay, why isn't everybody saved? So this, this really... It puts a hole in this that that false definite sign that God is in control of everything. He controls my life, which puts a hole in this this saying that God will never give me more than I can bear. Okay, so you have to understand that you have to get the the definition of sovereignty right. It does mean supreme, independent, superior. Okay, but it does not mean that He controls everything. God is not He's not in control of the weather. Okay, a lot of things happen because just simply we live in a fallen world. We live in this fallen world. I mean, in the sin. And so sin caused things, you know. Matter of fact, your decisions have caused a lot of problems in your life. Okay, your decision. We then we have an enemy, which is the, the devil, who could sometimes try to destroy us and he worked through people in our lives. So therefore. It's not God's in control. He may know about things. Yeah, he knows about it. But sometimes we have to, if we don't respond correctly, then we're never going to see the will of God come into our life. Okay. So the, the burdens we saddle with and more how we choose to bear them speaks volumes to our faith and commitment to trust in God. So the things that come to burden that we I dealt with and and the things that we have to do it speaks volume of how uh, of your commitment how you trust god this is what when, when it comes to the the trials and tribulations and the things that we have to bear how well, how should how do you respond to it do you respond according to god's word or your commitment to trust in jesus christ when you're going through something do you really trust him or or i do are those just words that you're using okay so it says so the lord reminded paul now check it the lord reminded paul of this when he said and this is second corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 he said my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness and let's go i'm gonna read the whole thing second corinthians I'm going to read a little bit more. Chapter 12. And we're going to start. Let's start at verse 8. And here Paul says, Three times I prayed. I'm excuse me. Read from New Living Translation. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Listen to the, the Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Now, here's Paul. Now, mind you, okay, so we're talking about let's, God will never give you more than you can bear. 
Okay, it sounds like to me that Paul is dealing with something more than he can bear because guess what? He want God to take it away. Okay, anytime, because Paul wouldn't be praying this. Think about it. Paul would not be praying to God take it away if he could bear it. Think about it. Does that make sense? <laughs> to, to ask the Lord to take something away you, you can handle? Okay, so he, he's apparently, this is more than he can handle. He says three three different times, I beg the Lord to take it away. He says, God, take this away because I can't handle This is way too much for me. So this, this what Paul is praying here, why would you pray for God to take something away from you if you if God would never put more than you can bear? Okay. But he says, each time God told him, my grace is efficient. So God says that the greater the, the greater the struggle, the greater the grace. The greater the conflict, the greater the grace. The greater the frustration. He says, I got a grace for that. The greater the sin, I have a grace. My grace is always stronger than your sin. Grace is always stronger than your circumstance. Okay, grace is always stronger. God's grace will exceed your circumstance. Let me say it again. God's grace will exceed your circumstance. Well, you say, well, where is it? Well, you have to learn how to tap into that grace. Okay, you know, through prayer, through prayer. And when you pray in, pray in tongues and also pray in English, you know, um, through studying the word of God, there is a grace. Grace is always strong. And sometimes we think, oh, it's taught that, Sin is stronger than grace. No, grace is stronger than sin. It, the scripture says it's in Romans 6, where sin abound, grace abound much more. So sin would never be stronger. Your, your circumstance would never be stronger than the grace of God. Jesus told his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. What did he tell them? He said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Okay. So it's a pray, Paul. Jesus tells them, reminds Paul of this. He said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So there is no indication here or anywhere else in the scripture that our troubles or burdens have a cutoff point. There's no, there's nowhere in the scripture that it has a cutoff point now. So we, we would be so lucky to have that. I'm, I, I don't know about you. I wish my Trouser did have a cutoff point, but it's nowhere in the scripture where it says that. All right, so here's the question. So then, what do we do when life's burdens are more than we can handle? What do we do? He said, well, how do I do it? What do we do? Well, Jesus instructed us to come to him for rest from life's burdens, both physical and spiritual. Okay, let's look at Matthews chapter 11. Very familiar past scripture, 28 through 30. And I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. It said, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden. Listen to that. So if your burden is too heavy, so when you're, you're when, when you have more than you can bear, okay, when you have more than you can bear, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry a heavy burden. He says, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart and, and you will find rest for your soul. 
for my yoke is, is easy to bear. And my and the burden I give is light. He says, so you, you, you come to him when it gets too heavy. Now, notice how I want to also go back and deal with notice the saying says the saying says God would never give you more. Well, first of all, God don't have any burdens to give you. OK. He won't have he don't have any burdens or trials again because that's not his nature. We say we say all the time, God is good, good all the time. God, okay, if God's good all the time, if that is his nature, that's who he is, then how can he give you something? Then so I know somebody's saying, well, he allows it. Well, if as a good parent, would you put anything bad on your child? Think about it in the natural. How many, how many of us would put bad things on our kid? No, we try to save our kids from going through tr trouble or we wouldn't allow anything bad. I had to teach them a lesson. You know, sometimes people say, well, God will put them on your basket. He's trying, he's testing me. He's trying to, you know, teach me and, and mature me. Well, God doesn't use trials to do that. Now he, you know, God doesn't put them, God doesn't put them on. He doesn't allow them. Now he can use them, but they don't come from him. Or he's not wishing these things on you or allowing these things on so he can teach you something. No, these things I said come from either the enemy, which is Satan, or something happened because you're in this fallen world, or because you brought him on yourself. Okay. So Jesus says, Hey, so this is when life burns come here. He says, Come to me. See, that's the problem. We we don't go to God in prayer about our situation. And you may say, well, I go to prayer. Now. Well, when you go to God in prayer, he will He will give you answers through his word. Sometimes God can speak through other people. This is why it's important that you stay among people, especially if you go to your uh, local you know, fellowship, your local church, be, a, be part of the body, hear words. It's important that you go because God has a word for you in through your pastor or through the man or woman of God that he has placed you under. So it's important that you get the word. But he said, come to me. He says, I'll make your burden light. I'm bearing it. But come to me. So when it gets too hard, when it gets too hard to bear, he says, come to me. That's what he want us to do. So you got to learn how to, point number one is you got to learn how to cast, it says, cast all your cares upon me because he cares for you. This is what he does. He says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. That's scripture. I believe that's in the second Timothy, I believe. But it goes on to say, it, it, as, a, as a true Christ follower, we are called to bear each other's burdens in time of struggle. So we are called to help bear each other's burdens. That's number two. So not only do I care, the first one is I take my, when it's too hard for me to handle, I take it to the Lord. We sing a song, take it to the Lord in prayer. Okay, number two is we're called as true believers to help bear each other's burden. That's why I just talked about the local body or put yourself around people who you can talk to and help you bear. That's Galatians. That's Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, share each other's burdens 
in this way, obey the law of Christ. So God, Jesus Christ has called us to obey each other. It says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourselves. You're not that important. Wow, that's powerful. So you're not that important. Okay. Don't think that you're so good that you that you're not don't want to help anybody. That you're so important that you that you don't have time. Because guess what? There may become a time when you're going to need help, and you you're going to have to confide in somebody. And you're going to have to. God wants you to pray for somebody. So don't get to the point where you you know you think you're too important to help someone. Don't you know allow your title. You know, to allow you to say, well, yeah, I don't have time for it. No, God has called us to help each other when things get too hard, when things become unbearable. You need the body of Christ. My dad used to always use an analogy where he says when you when you're cooking on the grill, you know, and you and you, you know, you light up the coals. He said, if you take one coal out of that pack, he says that 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 particular charcoal is gonna get <laughs> gonna get cold he said as long as it's with the other ones it's gonna stay hot and so he's making an analogy that hey we need each other you need to be around true believers and call flowers of christ so that we can you know bear each other's burdens and be able to talk to people about what we're going through because why some is probably God is, is going to lead you somebody who's going through the same thing or been through that thing and will help navigate you and get through that situation. Okay, so and, and the song is reminds us that when the burdens of life become too much for us to cast them on the Lord and he will see us through. So let's look at Psalms 55 and 22. I believe somebody need to hear this but. And you need to write these scriptures down and meditate on it because I feel like somebody, you, you're going through a tough time and, you know, you're struggling and, you know, maybe you took it with God. Won't, you're wondering why God put this on me. Why did he allow me to go through this? You know, this is too hard for me, you know, you know, because when we say stuff, well, God will put no more we can bear. What about the person who went through something and committed suicide? What about that person Who's depressed right now? Because why? Because they felt like that was too much. And 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 these I'm, I'm not talking. I'm talking about believers who have did that. I, my father felt was uh, dealt with severe depression when he lost a lot of things all at one time. And I struggled with that because I didn't think, you know, that he would do that. But why well, didn't he? Always appeared to me to be a very strong man. So for him to go through that really hit me hard and I had to grow in my faith and understand why. But let's look at Psalms um, 55 and verse 22. And it says, give your burdens, reading from the New Living Translate, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. So he won't permit you to slip and fall. Why? Because you give your burdens to him when it's too hard. Okay, I give it to you. The problem is maybe you fell because you didn't give it to him. Maybe 
you fell apart. Life became too much for you because it's possible life can become too much. Life can become too much. I'm not going to sit here and say like life can become too much for you at times. And maybe because you didn't give your burdens to the Lord. You try to, we are built self-sufficient people. And sometimes we think we can handle stuff on our own. And sometimes we think that, you know what? You know, I can do this on my own. You know, I don't need anybody. You know, I do this by myself. Maybe you don't trust anybody because you've been hurt before, you know. Well, I mean, and that may be the reason why you're struggling. Maybe you collapsed. Maybe you fell apart. Maybe you're struggling right now and don't know how you, you know, financially you're strapped because you won't ask anybody for help. But God put people in our lives so they can help us. And he will lead us to people. And he wants to help us. He tells us he'll give you a burden to the Lord. And he will take care of you. He'll take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. He won't permit you. But you have to respond. We're talking about response. We talked about earlier about trusting and being committed to him. And he'll take care of you. The common thread of these verses is the idea that no man is expected by God or anyone else to bear it all alone. You're not expected to bear everything alone. You know, we, I grew up with a saying where somebody, I think a poet wrote, where no man is an island. Okay, you're not expected, okay, by God and else to bear the burdens alone. Remember too that, that in our trials and temptations, God never said he wouldn't give us more than we can handle. Only if we trust in him, he will show us a way through it. Now, this is the scripture that people use um, to validate this saying, well, God won't put no more on bed. We're going to go to it and we're going to read it. And then I'm going to give you a little um, explanation on it. First um, Corinthians, it's First Corinthians chapter 10, um, verses 12 and 13. And I'm going to be reading from, um, first of all, I'm going to read it from the King James Version. Then I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And it says here, therefore, I'm reading from the King James Version, the New King James, let therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Okay, so let me let me read it from the New Living. Listen to it. It says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall so the temptation your the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and god is faithful he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand okay when you are tempted he will show you a way out so you can endure now look at the skip so we said well we do just gonna say, well, God won't put no more than you can bear. It's really a saying, it says it. Now think about it. Let's just take this piece by piece. If, if he said he starts off by saying, This is Paul, if you think you are standing strong, 
be careful not to fall. He says, hey, some people think you're so you strong like you're having it. And we said, okay. But he said, be careful. He said, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. So what you're going through right now is no different from anybody else. What you're experiencing is no different than anybody else in this world. In other words, your temptation, your struggle, your situation is not unique. It's saying here, it's, it's not unique. It's it's the same thing all over. The enemy just probably put in a big package of different, but it's the same thing. Okay, it's the same thing. So he says, but he will, but God is faithful. He's faithful. He says, and he will not allow you, the temptation to be more you can stand. Okay. Okay, now it says, now why won't he allow it to be more you can stand? Because some of you say, well, see, Eric, there it is, there it is. You know, and I know some of you are mad right now, maybe mad at me because you've heard this and you said, well, he's not teaching. Well, the, the Bible said that we're supposed to rightly divide the world, the word. Okay. And so that lets me know the word can be wrong divided. So don't cut me off and don't, don't just listen. Okay. And because I want us to rightly divide the word so we can experience God the way he has called the experience in a in a more intimate way. Because if you think that God is doing things to you, okay, that he's not doing, then your relationship with him is going to be kind of out of whack. It's going to be kind of strained because you think that, you know, maybe you listen to me, you say, well, God did this to me. No, he didn't do this to you. He didn't put this on God, put this on me. And he, you know, why didn't he take it away? Well, no, he said, take away, it tells you here. He will not allow you to be tempted more than you can stand. Okay. So how do why is that? He says, well, when you are tempted, uh, he will show you a way out so you can endure it. So he's saying that he show you what now. Let me read it. Says so some people have interpreted this verse to say that the Lord is the one who brings temptation into our lives, and that this is his promise that he will put. He would not put on us more than we can bear. So this is how some of us interpret this. Okay. But that's not so now. Okay. Now look at James. Now, this is this is a scripture that's so powerful. And you need to really put this scripture in you know, how you can go and highlight it and listen to that. If you think that God is tempting you and put these things on you, Okay, listen to this scripture. Listen to James chapter 1, verse 13. This is what it says. I'm reading from the uh, King James Version. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Okay. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tamper, tempers he any man. It is our own lust that draws us into temptation. That's what James 14 says. So also Satan can come against us without any solicitation on our part, as he did with Jesus. When, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, okay, he came with no solicitation. Did nobody invite him? So he came. So we can. Satan can come against us without any solicitation on our part. He can't come against you. Okay, but I want to go back and read James. I want to read it from, from the New um, Living Translation because it says, hey, listen to what it says. 
James chapter 1, verse 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, and remember that when you are being tempted, you're talking about God. I'm going to put them on big and bam. Don't say God is tempting me. So you can't say that God put this on me, but he ain't going to put them on the big and bam. First of all, as I started, he didn't put it on you. God never tempted. God is never tempted to do wrong. So even when we say what well, God allowed, well, it's not even in his, his nature to put something on or allow something bad to happen. Okay. He is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Okay. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drags us away. So the things when you attempt it, it's comes from within you or if you're being challenged by other people it's the enemy working through them to try to get to you you know so the enemy you know gets it you know influences people to antagonize you or struggle you or like i said sometimes something is just part of this fallen world so if god cannot be tempted and don't tempt anyone then we can't say well god would never put more than we can bear because he doesn't do that. I know I'm messing with somebody now, but if you receive this, this is going to bless you. Okay. The scripture is not attributing the responsibility for temptation to the Lord, but rather the Lord is saying there are limits as to how far he will allow us to be pressured on temptation. Okay. This is even when we reach this limit, so it's not saying you can't reach it. Let me say he made a promise. Okay. I'm not allowing the temptation to put more pressure on you than allow. But he says, but if you reach your limit, which he's, which Paul did, Paul had reached his limit. And we read in second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine, he says, but even when you reach your limit, this verse does not promise that the Lord will remove the situation. See, I know we, and I prayed that too. We prayed that, okay, God, remove this situation because I can't handle it. This is, what, this is what Paul was praying. Paul was praying that God remove this. He said he prayed three times, take it away. This is too hard. It's too much for me to bear. You know what? Hey, I can't deal with this. Okay. But it, it's, it's, it says this verse is I promise that God will remove the situation. There's no, he's not saying there's a cutoff point. It says, but he provides a way of escape. But we have to take it. Let me say it again. God provides a way of escape, but you have to take it. See, this is this is the grace we're talking about. When he said, Paul, my grace is sufficient, that my strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay. He said, I'm going to provide a way of escape. Now, whatever, what is that way of escape? Well, that could be anything. You can escape through prayer. You can take it through the scriptures. You can escape through by going to church and have a word. Um, God could cause you to meet somebody that's been through the same thing that can help you and help you navigate it. You know, it could be um, counseling. It could be the way of escape is there. God said, I will provide a way of escape. And that's up to you to take it. And it may come in many different forms. I want to say that. It may come in a spiritual form. It may come in a human form, you know, through counseling, um, through many things, through reading a book. 
Okay. I mean, there are so many ways that God can has provided for us to get the relief that we need in order for us to stay committed and stay strong and get through the hard times. Because like I said before, let me say it again. Jesus said, it is where you have trouble. But he did not promise. He says, you know, I'm not going to give you more than we can bear. He didn't say that. But when he said, but when life gets too hard, I'll, I'll be there. I'll take care of you. If you take this way of escape that I have given you, if you seek the Lord, he will show you the way of escape. And we can rest assured that anyone who yields to temptation failed to see or just plain out reject God's way of escape. So it's not God's fault that you that you fail, that you fail, that you fail. I want to speak to somebody right now. It's not God's way of faith. No, he he wants to take care of you. He wants to take care. It's not God's fault that you fought, you failed to the temptation. Let me read it again. We we can rest sure that anyone who yields to temptation fails to see it. Anyone who yields to temptation fails to see it or just plain out rejects God's way of escape. And God is faithful to his promise. Okay, so God is faithful to his promise. If he said, I'll provide a way of escape for you, we can trust him, believe him. Now it's our job to seek him and find that way of escape. Lord, what way have you provided for me? I believe that you have given me the strength to go through this. I know this is too hard, but God, I know there's a grace for my situation. And God, show me where that grace is. I believe it. I receive it by faith. Show me. Give me the supernatural strength. Because there's Christ lives on the inside of you. The hope of glory. So you have a supernatural strength on the inside of you. And learn how to tap into that supernatural strength. So it's not because it says rest assured that anyone who who yields to temptation fail you fail to see it. God showed it to you, you fail to see it, or just you plan out rejected God's way of escape. So I think you know, and a lot of times we don't like to do this, but you can take responsibility that maybe yeah, it was me, you know, or God forgives me. I didn't take your way of escape. And, you know, therefore, this is why I'm in a situation I'm in. You know, this is why I'm like I am, because I didn't yield to, or I didn't take your way to say, well, you show me, well, I didn't come to you so you can show me how to get through this. But thanks be to God that Jesus has already overcome the troubles this world has to offer he's already overcome so guess what if jesus has already overcome it it is a finished work and by faith we can get through it too and so he's he's already overcome so that's john 16 33. he's already overcame the troubles of this world so thanks god he's already come overcame so guess what you can too because he's already done it. So it's a finished work. So thus, this is what we should say. Instead of saying, well, God would never put more than we can bear. That's right. God would never give me more than, than I can bear. Instead of saying that, this is how that's this is the, this is how the saying should go. 
the world will give me more than I can bear. But God will help me bear it if I only trust in him. So it's not God giving you more. The world. See, that's the key you have to understand here. It is the world that will give you more than you can bear, not God. Because as I said, God don't have no sickness to give you. He don't have no trial to give you. He don't have no pain to give you. He don't have any frustration to give you. Because not he, it's, he don't have none. All he has to give you is joy, love, peace, happiness, gentleness, goodness. All those things. He has all those things. Peace that passes all understanding. Okay. Wisdom he has to give you. Power he has to give you. Those are the things that God gives us so that we can, when the world gives us more than we can bear, God says, I have equipped you with everything that you need to go through this life. I've equipped you. So I challenge you not to say, well, God won't put no more in me. What you're doing is, and you don't, maybe you don't realize it, but you, you are accrediting your trials and tribulations to God putting you on it because you're saying, well, God is testing me. You know, and that's another message for another time. God, he tests us. But he, he don't test us with trials and tribulations. He tests us with the word. But I said, God, now God will use circumstances to strengthen us, to perfect us. He will use it. But that's not his plan. That, that other way, he didn't plan this. This is not what he wanted for us. But yet, did he know you was going to go through it? Yes, he did. But that's just why I said he already equipped us. The world will give you more than you can bear. But God will help you bear it if you only trust him. That's what I want to get you now. The world is going to give us more than we can bear. Maybe you're going through that right now. You are going through. You said this is this is tough. This is not, I've never experienced this before. Maybe you never experienced it. You didn't. I know you didn't ask for it. And then somebody told you, well, you know what? If it's, this is God testing you, or this no, it's not God testing you. This is the enemy. You know. And in some cases, like I said, maybe you have to be. Honest. Did you bring this on yourself? And if you brought it on yourself, well, God says, okay, you're forgiven. And there's a grace and I give you and I show you the way out of this. Well, maybe it's this is an attack of the enemy. This is an attack of the enemy. And you take authority over him. You bind him and take authority, whether it's your kids, whether it's your finances. You bind him in the name of Jesus. But then, like I said, you know, in life, we're just going to go through things. You're going to go through things. We're going to have different challenges in this world. As we go through this, this Christian journey, we walk on this earth, you're going to have challenges just because you live in this fallen world. We live in this fallen world. And this fallen world brings on challenges and frustrations and things that we didn't ask for. But hey, did God know about? Yes. But he has given us a grace. Thank the Lord. He has given us this amazing grace to say, you know what? I overcame it. Jesus went through struggles. He had people betray him. He had people deny him. He had people turn it back on him. He dealt with people, you know, who just hated him for no reason at all. But he overcame it. And he says, guess what? Because I overcame it, you can too. 
Praise God. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of you, I pray for that person who's listening right now, who's under a heavy strain, who's under a heavy burden. And God, maybe their perception has been distorted by the enemy and they have accredited to you. But God, I pray that you would through this message that they have been have received revelation that God is not you, but it's the world. But God, help them understand that this world has brought on strength and frustration. But God, thank you and we praise you that you have given us the grace to handle any situation, any circumstance, any problem. God, I pray that you, that, that you, you, I release your power right now to touch them right now, God, to strengthen them physically in their body. I speak healing to the body right now that those who are going, person go to a sickness. I speak healing to that sickness in the name of Jesus, that body be healed. The person who has a mental struggle, I speak peace to that mind. And I speak deliverance to that circumstance that they're struggling with in the name of Jesus. God, I release your anointing to cover their mind. And that thank you, God, that they are experiencing the peace that surpasses all understanding. But God, I thank you for the grace that have given them the ability to conquer and thank God. And through your word, God, I thank you you've given them a word to encourage them no matter what it is. It, it is a finished race already done that they are more than conquerors through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now in the lives and those that are listening right now. I thank you for deliverance, for peace, for love, God, flowing through as they hear this word. And I give you glory and honor in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We'll come back to you next week on part three of this is, that's not in the Bible. I pray that you have been encouraged, but I challenge you to, to look at that, that saying and, and, you know, and understand what I'm saying, not to make you mad, not to, to try to discredit, but just, as I said, we have to learn how to write, divide the word. And I've learned to, to be precise at what I'm saying. When we look at the scripture, that maybe it's something, the things that we grew up on or the saying that we grew up are not in the Bible, but somebody said it and they just took the scripture out of context. But we, I'm just trying to give you um, correct context and understanding God's word so we can have this intimate, strong relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Once again, thank you for listening to and We'll be back with you again next week. Thank you and bye-bye.